everybody, and welcome to Lennox and Ham Shack. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and uh, I am your host. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, uh, Russ, K5TUX. Ha-ha, I said it right that time. Uh, tux it. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, you didn't. You going to start over? <laughs> no. Okay. So, Russ. <clears throat> uh, all right, well... <laughs> Let me jump in then. Um, I'm Russ, co-host of Linux in the Ham Shack, and welcome from me, my call signs K5TUX. And I'll let you go ahead and finish what you were going to say. Well, I was just going to say, Russ is not from Texas, uh, but you might think so, even though his, his call is spelt funny. Uh, he's up there in Missouri, and I'm down here outside of Dallas, and we are going to do our best to bring you all a program on Linux, where it... Uh, falls into the genre of amateur radio. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of folks moving over to Linux because hams are cheap. Well, not necessarily cheap, but we are frugal when we try and get the most out of, out of uh, our equipment that we can. And since computers moved into the ham shack, and I remember when they first did, uh, it's been more and more expensive to uh, keep a current state-of-the-art machine going on in the shack. Enter Linux. Uh, you can run older equipment on the Linux operating system with very little fuss and very little muss. You can pick up this kind of equipment extremely inexpensively on eBay and, and that kind of stuff. And we know that we want to run our older machines as long as we can because it sure does cost a lot to replace them. Plus... It's really difficult to have your amateur radio stuff on a machine and your home office, word processing, iTunes, and everything else on the machine at the same time because if one or the other messes up, you either lose your logs or you lose that piece of paperwork you need for the office. Well, I definitely think you're right on that. I have uh, my shack, uh, definitely I have to keep separate my you know work business machines, even my play machines from my amateur radio machine, and not only is it, separate in a you know in a mental sense it's separate in a physical sense it actually sits on the other side of the room um so i know it's part of the shack um actually um it sort of completes a shack now i don't think you'll see a picture of one these days that doesn't contain at least one or two computers i mean with the various digital modes um and uh actually the first thing i used one for was uh like decoding morse code uh, back when I got lazy and uh, didn't feel like trying to figure it out for myself anymore, uh, always a good thing to use it for. So I'm not sure if I was actually answering the question or not, but I'll send it back to you. <laughs> well, I mean, that that's definitely it because the first uh, computer I remember having in the Radio Shack, in fact, first two or three years I was licensed, there was not a computer in the radio room. And the first one I remember using on the air was a Commodore 64 uh, running packet and ready. Uh, using, believe it or not, they had a little card that plugged into the back of the uh, Commodore 64 that uh, had a program on it, and you could run Packet or Ready using that program. Uh, I probably need to expand upon that. Uh, back in the late 80s, I ran bullet board systems on the phone and all this other stuff. I've kind of gotten behind on the computer thing. That's why Russ is here, y'all, to pull me out of the fire when I get crossways on the computer thing. 
plus he's he knows how to do sound and i'm not so great <laughs> but i moved over to packet and then uh uh since then uh i've had packet bbs's my father and i were the uh the hubs of, for dfw for the uh the uh international packet radio system that was going on for a while the bulletin boards forwarding messages and all that good stuff i've run a nts bbs and uh not too long ago, I was still running a uh, Winlink 2000 board here in the uh, Dallas area. So I've been in and around them myself, but I'll tell you, my first radio, in fact, my first radio room consisted of me sitting in the laundry room with a Kenwood TS-130. So I've been around. It's <laughs> just uh, all this technology. I don't know nothing about it. What's been your experience with the uh, computers, Russ? Um, well, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to sort of dismiss my, uh, experience pre, uh, Unix systems, um, just cause it's not really relevant, but, um, I got introduced to, uh, Unix in college back in 19, uh, here, I'm going to date myself, right? 1987, um, got on the school's mainframe and sort of got hooked on it. Didn't actually get into Linux itself until 1994, back when uh, Red Hat was still free and Slackware was still used by more than 17 people. Um, and that's where I, and I've found that um, I can do more with it, um, both personally and professionally, than uh, with anything else. And, of course, it's hard to beat the free, as in price, and free as in beer, or however that saying goes. So... You know, starting in 1994, things um, started to take off for me. Um, that was back in the Red Hat four days, and uh, sort of stuck around with that for quite a while um, until Debian uh, came out. And sort of, you know, the thing that sort of made Debian the favorite for you know lots of people was its package manager. Red Hat didn't, um, you know, it had RPM, but it didn't have off-site repositories and easy ways to make it uh, accessible to the average user. And, you know, Debian came along and sort of did that, you know, took its place. And I've sort of gone that way ever since. And I think uh, one of the things we were going to mention about this is that we were going to sort of be Debian uh, distribution-centric um, for a couple of reasons. One, because it's a popular distribution. Um, one, um, I like it because it's... Um, completely faithful to the the licensing you know it's uh, everything everything under debian is open source and of course by debian we're talking about anything that's based on it including ubuntu and and similar things and um another reason why we're talking about or thinking about going with it at least in terms of the scope of this podcast is because it still contains a repository of amateur radio software which makes it um easier to acquire and use the software. Whereas if you're using some other distribution, you might actually have to do some extra work to go and find it, get it installed, get it running and so forth. I'm glad I want all of y'all to know that Russ has the philosophy down. He, he believes in open source. I, on the other hand, am a cheapskate. I am a true amateur radio operator and I'm cheap. So I like to run this old cheap equipment on a, on an in a, on an outstanding operating system that I can get without paying two hundred dollars to support some guy in Redmond. 
However, Russ is correct. We've done some checking, and the only repositories that I can find any amateur radio uh, software in still is in the Debian-based repositories. Now, like we said, there's uh, Debian, Ubuntu, Linux Mint. There's a whole bunch of uh, variations on Debian out there for different people. The uh, number one at this time, I think, in the on the Debian end of it is Ubuntu. They are really making great strides, and there's a lot of people able to convert over to it from Windows and even the Mac OS without a lot of hassle. But as the show progresses, we're going to have to start out with some basic stuff. We're going to let y'all or talk to y'all about uh, the Linux operating system, uh, package managers. Uh, we're going to get y'all up to speed on this basic stuff. And then we'll move on into the amateur radio stuff, because yes, there are plenty of stuff. There is plenty of stuff in the repositories. There's uh, DX cluster programs. There's uh, PSK programs. There's even a logbook of the world program in the in the repositories. But at some point, you may have to go find a program which is not necessarily in the repositories. And we're going to do our best to arm y'all with the information so that if you have to go out and find it, you'll be able to bring it on in. And since one Linux is all Linuxes, pretty much, it's all pretty much basically the same underneath the uh, underneath the uh, hood. Then, even if you decide not to go with a Debian-based distribution, you'll be able to uh, use the information you pick up here to get yourself up and running on Fedora, CentOS, some of the other operating systems. Uh, even the BSDs, I know quite a few guys out there that are running BSDs, and they're not so totally different that we won't be able to help you or at least give you information that you can use on the BSDs. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, the, I, I do want to uh, bring up something that I'm sure now, you know, for people who are sort of just jumping into Linux, this isn't going to mean anything to them. But for somebody who may be a little bit further along and maybe someone who is listening to this and is kind of a purist on the matter is going to realize that when we talk about Linux, we're not actually talking about software. Linux is the operating system. And the software is GNU software, specifically software that um, you know conforms to specific open source licensing. And so for those people out there, I just want them to understand that we actually do understand that we're talking about two different things here, Linux and the software that runs on it. Um, for those people who are, just, who are new to Linux, that's not going to mean anything really. But um, so we, you know, as well as, as, well as uh, trying to get everybody up to speed on the operating system itself, I think we'll try and give a good overview of the software um, including um, the sort of thought processes and the methodology behind the software, and then uh, a good foundation in where to get the software, how to install it, good ways to tweak it to make it do what you want, and so forth. And if nothing else, um, get people away from Windows wherever possible. And I'm not a person who says that you can't do anything with Windows. I mean, it, it has its place just like everything. But I'm, you know, you can certainly do as much with Linux as you can with Windows. And I would like to address the comment about uh, ham radio operators being cheap. I don't think it's really cheap. I think they sort of revel in the idea of being able to make the most out of the least. That's not necessarily a concept that makes them cheap. That makes them uh, frugal and, um, you know, savvy, I would, I would think is a better word. 
Well, that that you're right on that, and that's what I was saying earlier. Uh, there's a lot of frugal hams out there. I, on the other hand, am cheap. <laughs> but uh, another thing I need to bring up before we get too far past this is that, uh, yes, we will be talking about open source software, and, uh, and that encompasses a lot of stuff and not necessarily Linux. And in the future, we will be talking about stuff that is not necessarily, not necessarily Linux-specific. If any of you have ever used Mozilla Firefox or uh, Thunderbird email client, that is open source software. So you guys have already moved into that. There's a lot of other things out there, and those are probably the two most popular ones I can think of. And, in fact, this particular program that we're using uh, as far as recording is called Audacity, which is also an open source program. It is available and will run on Windows and uh Linux and possibly even the Mac OS. I'm not real sure. I don't mess with Macs. Uh, yeah, just so games. I will jump in here and say, yes, there is a Mac OS version for it, so go ahead. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, you know, uh, I kind of leave that to Gene Steinberg out there in Arizona. He, he, he's the Mac guy and I try not to get in his way. Uh, he's a, he's one of those hardcore Mac guys. So I just let him have it. Uh, also I'm afraid of him. And, uh, the, the whole point is we, we're going to do our best to get y'all up to speed. We've had a lot of call calls for a program like this, or at least I've had a lot of calls for a program like this. Those of y'all who listen to my other podcast, Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast, you know that I do not only uh, talk to people about uh, stuff that runs under Windows, but also stuff that runs under on the Linux operating system. I myself have uh, at least three machines that run Linux here, and I'm not one of those... Uh, uh, it's Linux or it ain't nothing because I do have a couple of Windows machines here simply because of things that I do that uh, I have to have the Windows machines for. But I've also found that there's not a whole lot I can't do with the uh, Linux except possibly sync my iPod, and that's coming along. That's really coming along. It's getting better and better all the time. Russ, do you have an iPod? <laughs> <laughs> do I have an iPod? I have four iPods, actually. Yes, <laughs> I do have iPods. Now, right now, I'm uh, I'm still using Windows to sync those things up, so that's a uh, that's a whole other thing. Now, I've actually um, started experimenting with some other audio um, prog- programs under Linux uh, to deal with my iPod, but I haven't made haven't quite made that switch yet. Well, that that's the deal. I have three myself. I'm iPod poor over here. Uh, got one for Father's Day. Had one give to me because my parents got it free for booking a passage on a ship to the Caribbean. And then uh, my father bought my mother one to watch movies on and forgot that she really can't see to walk straight. So uh, that didn't work out for her either and ended up with that one. Well, that was way off. That was off topic. Let's see if we can work our way back around well talking about well, talking about ipods in a podcast i wouldn't call it too off topic i mean uh, you know it's it was well, sort of the head. progenitor of the whole the whole species of you know uh, broadcasting so uh, it's it's pretty pretty relevant and i want all of you to know out there that this that the fact that the folks over at apple have saved me from the penitentiary because if i wasn't able to podcast i would probably have a clandestine radio fm radio station and uh, y'all would be listening to me from probably fort leavenworth kansas so i think we're in good shape here but uh, basically what we're going to do kids is we're going to well this is the introduction over the next couple episodes like i said we're going to get into uh what distributions are what what a repository is, 
get y'all up to speed on the basic use of this stuff, where to get the software. Uh, it's my understanding that you can buy free software now at the, uh, at the Best Buy. But, <laughs> and, uh, I know by at the very least, uh, the next few episodes, we're going to be able to get into that wonderful, wonderful subject of PSK 31 because I know everybody wants to do that. And that is probably the first and s- simplest thing to get going on the Linux operating system. Well, DX cluster is pretty easy, but, uh, you can pick that up off the internet until we can get it squared away the other direction. Uh, how long have we been running, Russ? <clears throat> well, you know, I'm not sure because we didn't start at the beginning. I think we've, I think we've gone about 20 minutes. Okay. Well, we, that, that's good because what we need to do is we need to, uh, at the very least, let these folks know how they can get a hold of us. Uh, I myself can be uh, reached at kb5jbv at blacksparrowmedia.com. Uh, kb5jbv at blacksparrowmedia.com. And anything that shows up as far as resonant frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast, will probably lead you to some place where you can find a link to send me an email. Uh, if you have any questions, suggestions, uh, hate mail, well, my haters out there, y'all know where to find me. And uh, Russ, uh, what email are you using? Well, I think I'm going to use the one that's uh, relevant to the show, which would be k5tux at blacksparrowmedia.com as well. Um, that will That will find me wherever I happen to be. So I think that should work, and um, I'm sure it'll be prominently displayed on the BlackSparrowMedia.com site. So hopefully, any uh, any comments, questions, and hate mail that you don't want to direct to Richard, you can certainly send to me, and I'll forward it right back to him. So that that'll be good. You can't have my haters, Russ. You can't have my haters. No, I'm I'm, haters. I'm hoping for a whole new class of haters. You know. Get your get your own haters, <laughs> but I tell you, I had something on my mind that slipped right off. Um, of course, y'all y'all that listen to me regularly, y'all know this. Unfortunately, I don't have two segments to let roll while I try and remember what it was, but it'll come back in a minute. But yeah, KB five JBV at BlackSparrowMedia dot com, K five TUX at BlackSparrowMedia dot com, and uh, there I go clicking that pen again. <laughs> I'm gonna get email over that. Um, you, you've got to get your good thirty seconds in about clicking the pen every podcast. I mean, I think it's definitely you know it's you. We we wouldn't know if it weren't for that. So, well, that it that's a recent development. I'm not sure where that came from. I I don't know. I need volume. Oh wait a minute, this is a family show. <laughs> and I will say that I know this is the first. Uh, this is only the first episode, and we're probably not going to have a huge listenership or anything like that. Although I could be wrong, and if you want to prove me wrong, you know, by all means, go for it. But podcasts and things like that are definitely feedback driven, as far as I'm, you know, have been aware. And uh, so, you know, please, you know, anything you want to say about this or about things that are coming up in the future, you know, do. Because it will certainly steer us and guide us and point point us to sort of talk about the things that need to be talked about, rather than just having us go, you know, where we want to go. And uh, I think uh, between the two of us, we can probably ramble quite a bit. Oh, I can ramble. I can ramble forever. That that's exactly what resonant frequency is: is me me sitting around rambling. Uh, you know that that right there is a uh, coffee. Uh, 
hanging hanging out with the guys at coffee talking radios. Well, I'm not What's saying a little there? bit of rambling's not good. I mean, we you know have to have some kind of fun content in there and everything. But it would be nice to sort of come back around to the topic every ten minutes or so. Exactly, exactly. Well, what I was going to say was this is going to be more like the presentation at a club meeting. Well, I can't say that because I've been to some club meetings that were pretty stiff. But that's okay because Russ saved me, and I remembered what it, remember what it is now. K5TUX at BlackSparrowMedia.com. KB5JBV at BlackSparrowMedia.com. Y'all don't forget to come to the site and check out the forums at BlackSparrowMedia.com. Just Look over in the main menu, click on forums, go on in. We're still, we're currently adding sections for, uh, several podcasts over at this time. And there's only a couple in there for, uh, for, uh, Linux and Ham Shack. But as y'all, uh, y'all show us a need to, to add more boards, we'll go ahead and add them. I ain't got a problem with that at all. Uh, we're not going to gouge y'all for money on this podcast. That comes along in probably episode six. <laughs> Yeah, well, might have to make it episode five so people don't tune out too early. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, I think we pretty much got that covered. Once again, I want to say thank y'all for uh, downloading this, and uh, I hope we haven't turned you off and you hang around long enough for us to show you uh, this operating system. For those that haven't been using it, I tell you what. Uh, more than anything else, if I can turn my computer on and use it a minute after I hit the power button, I am extremely happy. And I never, ever had that experience with Windows. I can't recall ever even having it. And I started on Windows with Windows 2 and cannot remember a time that I could hit the button and be ready to go in a minute. But other than that, I well, think I th- I'm pretty much done, done for this week. How about you, Russ? Uh, pretty much, although I will say that my experience with Windows has sort of been a little bit different. Usually I can use it within a minute of installing it, but I can't use it about five minutes after that. See, at least uh, uh, Linux tends to run for a good long span of time uh, in between issues. You know, that, that's been my experience. And I think I'm, I think I'm ready to wind it up here. So um, I guess we are going to sign off, and I'm going to let you take care of that for this week. And I might uh, pick up uh, duties since... You've got a little more experience in this than me, so uh, let's wind it up for now. Well, that that works for me. Uh, well, from an undisclosed location outside of Dallas, Texas, no, I ain't going to say that. <laughs> for, from from Balt Springs, Texas, just outside of Dallas, this is KB5JBV, and uh, from from up in an undisclosed location in Missouri, you in Missouri or Arkansas tonight. Well, um, actually, in Arkansas tonight, and most likely if we're going to be recording this on uh, Wednesday night, which is when we're doing this now, um, I will be in Arkansas. So from an undisclosed location deep in the Ozark Mountains of northern Arkansas, this is K5TUX. Well, there you go. Y'all have a great great couple of weeks. We will be back with episode two. Y'all check it. Y'all uh, make sure you download us and, and check it out. I promise we'll be more coherent. And I just wanted to make sure before we sign off here that I give a shout out to Lonesome Dave of Gamma Leonis for the excellent intro and outro music for our podcast. And if you want to hear more music by him, you can check him out at www.gammaleonis.com. That's G-A-M-M-A-L-E-O-N-I-S. So thanks a lot, Dave, and thank you, Richard, and we'll catch you next time. Have a good one. See you all next time.